the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. You are listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Covenants past 4. Plenty of sunshine to finish out the afternoon 95 the high clear night low 77 mm, the lowest 77 a little toasty uh, tomorrow sunny for a while but maybe some clouds in the afternoon a couple showers and thunder showers slightly cooler high of 88 for tomorrow Phillies home tonight against san francisco opening up a three-game series with the giants 705 first pitch they did make a trade yesterday pitcher jason vargas coming to the Phils from the Mets in exchange for a minor league catcher. This past Sunday, I was at the ballpark and uh, had a chance to talk to a few of the players after the game. They had uh, lost the first two games of that series to the Braves and they wound up winning on Sunday, 9-4, to four, I think if I remember correctly. And uh, Aaron Nola, the, you know, their best pitcher, was asked after the game if he looks at the fact that they lost two games and were really in a tight spot as far as you know, giving him extra motivation to try to be the one who helps stop that losing streak. If we lose the game before or win the game before, it doesn't really change my mentality to go out and, you know, just pitch my game and not really do too much just because we lost. I, I try to go about the same, go about it the same way, win or lose the game before I pitch. So. That's Aaron Nola, their uh, starting pitcher, who uh, who did get the win that, uh, that day. I kind of like that, the consistency, the focus, just do your job, the things you need to do. And the results come and not necessarily having to look to other things to get you motivated. Manager Gabe Kapler was also uh, did a press conference after the game, as he always does, kind of asked to assess the team at this point and if the Phillies need to make a trade or anything like that with the deadline coming up and say, you know, tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock. The teams that succeed in this league, the teams that go deep into the postseason, uh, they aren't carried by one thing in isolation. So I think we have to, to, we have to swing the bats better. Our defense has been pretty good across the board, as has our base running. Those are the two areas that I think are kind of been the foundation for us. Uh, we've, we've made pretty good decisions on the bases. We've, we've taken some uh, aggressive turns and, and turned singles into doubles, and, and those are some things that I'm proud of. It's interesting. We talked about in spring training. Uh, we're going to do the little things well. I think we have, in, in general, done the little things well. And now the big things need to come together for us to be the type of team that we know we can be. That's Phillies manager Gabe Kapler. Also after the game, J.T. Realmuto, their catcher, who hit a grand slam in their most recent game on Sunday, was uh, asking, you know, that the team has been just kind of not quite been able to come all the way through with their hitting. They've had some good moments. Does he feel like the team you know, has it in them to to push it to another level and uh, and hit their pitches and, and take their offense and, you know, their team to another level? Yeah, I mean, our lineup obviously has a, a ton of potential. Um, we're missing a few pieces right now. But even with, with pieces out, we feel like we got guys that can do a lot of damage. Um, and, and we just got to do a better job of, of, like you said, not missing our pitches. And when they give us something to hit, do damage with it. 
all our goals that we set at the start of the season are still here. I mean, we're one game out of a playoff spot right now with two months to go in the season. So uh, it just takes one run. I don't know what we're five, six, seven behind the Braves, whatever it is. And um, that's only that's a one week stretch where we get really hot, you know. So obviously we feel like we have the team here to do do something special. Uh, we just got to put it together and do it. And should management decide to make another move, they got Vargas since that comment of uh, Real Muto's on Sunday. But does that provide a bit of a jolt? Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt. Uh, it'll tell us where the front office stands and, and what they see this team doing. Um, but even if something doesn't happen, I mean, it's up to the guys in this clubhouse to make it happen. It's Phillies catcher JT Real Muto. Uh, again, I like, uh, you know, uh, hearing him. Uh, even if you're not a sports fan, to me, I like listening to other people say what they say because he's saying we got to take responsibility for ourselves and not just look around. Well, if only this happened or if they did this, then we... And uh, it's easy in life to be that way. And so uh, there's a quote within a quote there, I guess, or a lesson within a lesson or whatever. I, I like uh, hearing what people, where people are coming from, no matter what profession they may be in. And uh, JT is not the only player on that team saying that. Uh, not in a proud way, like we don't need any help, just we have to do our job and do whatever we can to make it better, and then we'll go from there. So Phil's again tonight opening up a series at home against the Giants, who have been very hot lately, and they're also looking for a playoff spot. We are excited today because, Joe, did you know our guest today been kind of hard to get because these are busy people, but kindly enough, Nathan Cochran, who's the bass player for the band Mercy Me, uh-huh. going to be joining us. Yes. Are you excited yes. or what? I'm very excited. Well, I, uh, I have those little popcorn things that I'm shooting off in the air over here as soon as I turn the mic off. Really? No. Okay. But- well... The, the Mercy Me is going to be in concert on the 17th of August, just because uh, it's two weeks from Saturday. Which is or... why I have so much of their music ready. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking forward to chatting with Nathan, Mercy Me with 10th Avenue North, Jordan Feliz at the Dell Music Center, Saturday the 17th of August. And starting, what's today, the 30th? Mm-hmm. You think we should start today because we have, we have a... Nathan joining us, or should we wait till Thursday? Start today what? Well, we're going to give away some tickets. I'm just giving a heads up. We're going to oh. be giving away tickets for this on our website, yeah, but also on the show. Yes. And I'm just not sure if we should start today yeah, or if we should save it to like the first, kind of like a clean start on August 1. You know, if I can speak for our listeners for a second. All right. Let's uh, give the phone number out and take some calls. Calls? Any way, any way you want to do it, we'll take some tickets. We'll but today? Away. Why not? Well, it's not August yet. We're kind of... You wanted to wait till August because you like these nice little pretty little packages well, that have these little bows on them. It's easier to think, when did we start the contest? July 30th. Like That's kind of odd, yeah. isn't it? Well, look who you're talking to. Good point. <laughs> Let's go to the text line because I want to make sure we have enough airtime for Nathan Cochran, the bass player for Mercy Me. So let's do our first break. Let's do it this way. At minimum. Between now and till further notice. Text yourself into the running. We'll make a winner. We'll draw winners regularly between now and the concert. Sounds good. And that's one way people can get in. And then I think we can pepper some phone calls over the next couple of weeks. Fair enough. I think that's a good compromise. So here's the text line. 610-500-DUB. 610-500-36. 83. If you would like to win a couple of tickets to see Mercy Me, 10th Avenue North in Jordan Felice at the Dell Music Center, Saturday, August 17th, just get your name in the running. I just need your first and last name and uh, 
type in the letters MM for Mercy Me, and we'll keep you in the hat, and we're going to show winners between now and then. So if you don't win today, tomorrow, whatever, you got uh, multiple opportunities. Back in just a moment with Nathan Cochran, bass player for Mercy Me. It's Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL, WFIL.com. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. Well, me and the Lord, we've got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. The Tim DeMoss Show on AM560, WFIL. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. One of their most uh, well known songs, Mercy Me's I Can Only Imagine. We are blessed to have today. Bass player for the band Mercy Me, which will be at the Dell Music Center Saturday the 17th of August. Talking Nathan Cochran. Hello, Nathan. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thank you for taking time to call in. No problem. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to the fact that you're going to be at the Dell Music Center in Philly on the 17th of August, which is a Saturday. It's a beautiful venue. I don't know if you've ever played there before or seen it, but it's a 6,000-seat venue outdoors. And, Sounds uh, awesome. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't remember if we've been there or not. I don't think we have. Okay. Well, they newly renovated about 10 years ago. It's been around since like, like the 40s or something. And a lot of the big names and big band and uh, classic artists have played there over the years. And, uh, and now it's expanding further. And uh, there have been some Christian events taking place there. And to have you guys come along with 10th Avenue North and Jordan Feliz at that particular uh, date should be a fantastic night. So. Uh, yeah. Well, so welcome to town ahead of time. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So what are folks in for these days at a Mercy Me concert? Well, we're still kind of leaning heavy on our last two records, Lifer and Welcome to the New. Still kind of enjoying that season of those records. Um, we didn't get all the permits to bring all our circus animals this time. So Man. I have to apologize to everybody about that. All but, right. Oh, well, maybe next time. You'll make up for it in other ways, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We'll, we'll have Bart do some backflips. Yeah, I've seen the videos. He probably could do them. <laughs> He's getting more and more limber as he as he gets more savvy over the years. Uh, limber, limber. I don't know if anybody's ever accused Bart of being limber. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, as far as the as far as um, one question I had for you had to do with what goes into getting ready for a show. I think people assume sometimes without thinking that. A band walks on stage, they've maybe checked their instruments a little bit, and now they're ready to play. But I'm guessing there's a lot of rehearsal, there's a lot of thinking through about, you know, what makes a set list also, what are you going to do? And um, so just and, and working with your crew, how does it all come together as far as what goes on? Because once you're playing, maybe now that's the fun part. From what I, When I talk to bands, they say the playing is the fun part, but there's a lot of stuff that goes on before that, that moment's ready to happen. That's right, yeah. Yeah, you know, playing is about the hour or two hours of uh, fun time in the, in the midst of a chaotic rest of the day but we we try as best we can to do a lot of pre-planning 
And so sometimes that kind of happens either before a tour, which will, you know, kind of give us a set that we, for the most part, will stick to. And that's not only for our benefit, but for our crew guys that can come in every day and know exactly what's going to happen. You know, it's not like we do every single thing for this the same way to the second every single day, but we try to plan ahead to not throw too many monkey wrenches into what our guys are doing. You know, we have a, an amazing crew of guys that help us get set up every day and uh, try to make things as easy on them as we can. But, uh, you know, by the time you see us walk on the stage, you're, you're looking at months and hundreds of hours of planning to get us to that point. So, yeah, I, I always want to point to our crew guys. I mean, we get to... We get to walk on stage, have fun playing our instruments, but those guys have been up early and uh, working for hours without a break, really. So yeah. we love those guys. Amen. Nathan Cochran's our guest. Uh, speaking of instruments, he's the bass player for Mercy Me. Talk for a second about your craft. Uh, I always think it's great to, to pick the brain of somebody who does something, and this is what they do for a living. Any insight into whether it's you know someone who's thinking about playing an instrument and why the bass would be a good candidate or why you might steer them away like some folks steer their kids away from playing football because they're afraid they you know, might get hurt right that's true yeah yeah there's not there's not as many head injuries playing <laughs> bass as playing football unless Bart's doing his backflips that's right i suppose it depends on how you're playing it too but <laughs> right. um well yeah you know i bass guitar seems to be one of those things where you either you really really love to do it or you end up playing bass by default. Okay. It's kind of one of those instruments Will when you're young, you want to start a band and everybody wants to play the drums or play a guitar, and then you're kind of standing around looking at each other, and we go, I guess we need a bass player, and there's always one guy that'll go, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was a little bit of that for me growing up. I, I learned how to play bass, but I kind of did it to fill a need and uh, came to kind of learn to love it. I guess you could say. Um, okay. My dad had had played my entire life growing up, and still does. Actually, plays bass. Cool. And uh, so I learned a lot from him. And uh, yeah, I love it. It's kind of the if I'm doing my job correctly, people aren't really paying attention to me. So that's yeah. okay. Yeah, I like it that way. What's important about <laughs> what? So what would be one of the most important things for a bass player to, to keep in mind, or something that people might not know a bass player is contributing to the overall package? Yeah. You can ask different musicians, and you probably get a different answer. For what I do, I consider myself the glue between the rhythm and the melody. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you got to have a really good relationship with your drummer and uh, figure out the best ways to play together. And then at the same time, you're carrying the melody of the song and allowing everybody else to kind of add the sauce. I'm like the meat in between the bread and the mustard. <laughs> If you don't like mustard, you can choose a different kind. I like mustard, as long as it's horseradish yeah. in it. If it's spicy, I like it. Horseradish, there you go. That's good yeah. stuff. Nathan Cochran, bass player for the band Mercy Me, joining us today on the Tim DeMoss Show. Again, if you want to win tickets to their concert, September, uh, August 17th, along with 10th Avenue North and uh, and Jordan Feliz at the Dell Music Center, 2400 Strawberry Mansion Drive in Philly, text me at 610-500-DUB, 610-500-36. 83. We'll be giving away tickets routinely between now and the concert. Back with more in just a moment. It's Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email timmyd at WFIL.com. 
422 on the Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in today. We are joined by Nathan Cochran, bass player for the band Mercy Me, in concert the 17th of August at the Dell Music Center in Philadelphia. When you're playing songs, uh, I'm guessing there are some that you maybe love to play the most or have the most fun doing. Is there is there one or two that you're going to make sure that, that are on that list till you get the jam some extra? Ooh, let's see. That honestly changes from tour to tour, but uh, okay. Lifer, that song is fun to play. Okay, as, as a bass player, that was a lot of fun to record, and uh, that's fun live. And this is fun for a different reason, but one of my favorite songs to play is with an older song of ours called "Do R I M." Okay, and the the bass part is actually fairly simple to play, but as far as the note choices in the part, but executing it correctly is difficult. And so I enjoy the challenge every night. There's a certain kind of palm muting thing that I do playing that song. It's difficult for me to get it right every night. So probably one of those things where I'm the only one noticing, but yeah, it means a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. Is there a song or two that moves you the most when you play it? Whatever reason. It doesn't have to be a slow song. It yeah. could be just a happy song, um, too. You know, Even If is still a really important song for me live. Um, there's certain songs that you kind of feel when they're written – they mean a lot to you when they're initially written, and then those feelings kind of pass. But even if it's still one that uh, means a lot to all of us, just simply uh, what we're all going through at the moment, individually and corporately, as Mercy Me. And so, yeah, that one still means a lot. You know, I was going through YouTube videos for Mercy Me, and uh, maybe you know this already. Do you know what song has the most views at the moment? Ooh, uh, I don't on YouTube. So I would have guessed I can only imagine, right? Uh, but that from and, and of course there are people who do spinoff knockoffs and and you know they create their little little things and it siphons off fifty thousand views here or there. But um, <laughs> I can only imagine a second around around sixty four million plus, and even if is actually first. Oh, nice! I yeah. didn't know that. I, I almost would have guessed flawless, but flawless is thirty seven. Yeah, I mean it's, it's in top five. It's fourth, I think, on go. the list. I think there's a I think there's a spreadsheet of that stuff that we get every month, and I, I choose not to look at it. <laughs> it's probably better. It's probably yeah. better. You know, in yeah. all honesty, I think the Lord wants us to just do our job, and He'll take care of where it's going. But if you get too caught there up in go. numbers, yeah, um, it's interesting you say that about even if too. Uh, maybe could you share for a second just the the background of that song and uh, how it came to be? You, yeah, yeah. Yeah the the initial catalyst for it came out of. Bart's oldest son, Sam, who's uh, been a type 1 diabetic since he was two years old, dealing with that situation over the years has obviously been difficult for them. And uh, ended up going to a an appointment, you know, just a, you know, the bi yearly appointment to go in for Sam to check his A1C and all that kind of stuff. And uh, didn't always get the answers they want to hear when they go in for those kind of appointments. And so Bart left that that doctor's appointment and essentially went straight to one of our friends, Tim Timmons, singer songwriter, went to his house and just kind of unloaded on Tim, mm. his frustrations about what they were going through. And, uh, if you don't know anything about Tim, Tim has dealt with, uh, living with cancer for years now. And, uh, so Bart goes to Tim's house and just kind of unloads on it. it you know, it's totally saying things like, Oh man, I just, you know, this can be so difficult sometimes. Like you just don't understand what we're going through. And the whole time, Tim is just kind of sitting in his piano, kind of noodling, just smiling and kind of looking at Bart. And uh, 
unbeknownst to Bart, uh, he ended up leaving, and Tim had been writing down everything Bart was saying and sent Bart a text later saying, hey, I wasn't just blowing you off. I was listening to what you were saying. Um, but what you were saying reminded me of this chorus that I wrote years ago, and so he sent it to Bart, and it ended up being the chorus of Even If. Um, and so we we ended up hearing the chorus and we were talking about it while we were making Lifer. We were probably halfway through the record before this even came up and uh, brought it up, and it felt like it felt like the right song to bring everything we were trying to say on that record together. Because hmm. um, we had gone through Welcome to the New, and Lifer was kind of the, uh, you know, once we get through Welcome to the New, which was all about our identity in Christ and who we are now, this side of the cross, Lifer was about, okay, now what? You know, how do we live after yeah. that? Yeah. And uh, even if it was kind of a touch on, this isn't always going to go the way we want it to go, but regardless, our point is that what defines us and how we live life is because of the cross, this side of the cross, and the blood of Christ is actually that powerful. And so it's, um, you know, and there are other things going on at the same time, so even if kind of became, uh, you know, it, it became a very important reason for us to finish that record and keep moving forward. It's a very powerful song. My wife and I have five children, and our fourth child's disabled. She's 13, and... uh I think that that song speaks uh, to what we've experienced. She's she's broken in many ways, although she has made a lot of progress. But um, yeah. when I look at that, and I think um, over the years, there have been a lot of times where we're kind of wondering, where is this going? And, of course, we love her to pieces regardless of whatever um, progress she makes or, or doesn't wind up making. And uh, it's been a lot of work, but I would never trade it for anything. And right. I think that's why that song means a lot to me. Also, when I think of the um, because there's a, there's weakness in the song and there's struggle, and yet there's um, a, you know even if it's just a mustard seed of faith, <laughs> saying even if you know I'm even if it doesn't work out, you're still my God, and I'm I'm in, <laughs> and and right. I trust you. So right. and I think that can, people can it's probably very powerful because it can apply to any kind of circumstance in life, regardless of whether it's a a child you you have a heart for and your child isn't isn't walking with the Lord and you're still going to raise your hands to heaven. So That's right. That's right. Nathan Cochran's our guest. Let's uh, give this song a spin for a minute. It's uh, Even If. You'll find it again on the song, uh, the CD Lifer, which came out a couple years back. Nathan Cochran, our guest today from Mercy Me. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing. I've stood on this stage night after night Reminding the broken it'll be alright But right now, oh right now I just can't It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring i 
560 WFIL, it's Mercy Me, and even if Nathan Cochran, bass player for Mercy Me, joining us today. We have a short break to take. We'll continue our conversation with Nathan in just a moment. They're in concert at the Dell Music Center on the 17th of August. And, uh, yeah, along with 10th Avenue North and Jordan Philly, should be a wonderful show. We have tickets we're handing out for that. Get you more details on how you can win in just a moment. WFIL, it's Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in today. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 437, the Tim DeMoss Show. We're going down to 77 this evening with clear skies, lots of sun tomorrow with clouds in the afternoon. May get a shower, a thunder shower, and a high of 88. Phil's open up a series tonight at home against the San Francisco Giants. Uh, we have special guest today, Nathan Cochran, the bass player for the band Mercy Me, in concert the 17th of August at the Dell Music Center, 2400 Strawberry Mansion Drive in Philly. We'll be giving away tickets regularly between now and the show. If you want to get your name in the hat, text me at 610-500-DOVE, 610-500-3683. Just need your first and last name and uh, the letters MM, which will mean Mercy Me, and I'll uh, take it uh, from there. And We're going to be drawing in tickets uh, you know, regularly between now and then. Nathan Cochran, a bass player for the band Mercy Me, our guest today on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Going to be in concert on Saturday the 17th of August, along with 10th Avenue North and Jordan Feliz at the Dell Music Center in Philadelphia. Uh, one of the songs folks are going to be expecting to hear, maybe your most well-known one, I Can Only Imagine, the video for which uh, includes a lot of folks, including band members, uh, holding up a frame uh, and kind of a photo of a loved one who, as you watch, you get the idea that this is somebody who was meant a lot to them, someone who's going to be with the Lord, and just somebody that they really, really miss. Uh, were, you, were you in that video, by the way? You you were in the I band, was. right? That's right. Yeah, I'm trying to look back at this, look at the video, the picture of now, and then I was like, wait, that's I think that's, that's the right. <laughs> you were in the band at the my, time. I, my, my hair was a little shorter back then. But, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you happen to have a, a a photo of a loved one in the video? I'm trying to remember. I did not have one. Okay. In the video. Um, Just trying to remember. I don't think, and not all of us did at that point. Yeah. Right. Bart had, yeah. was it his father or who was That's it? That's right. Yeah. His father was in it. Um, Jim, who was our keyboard player, his he had a photo of his mom in it as well. So, yeah, there's actually quite a few people in that video that are either very close friends or family of ours that are yeah. holding up. Yeah. So, uh, awesome. Tammy Trent. Um, was used to call into our radio show years ago and actually had dinner with her and Trent about uh, two months before he passed. He did, right. he did a concert in, in this area in June of that year, I think it was, of 2001. Yeah. So, and then Bob Herdman from Audio Adrenaline's in there, and uh, you recognize, and AJ, I know AJ, who's uh, worked, worked for record labels. And um, anyway, but it, That's it, right. yeah, and so for those who, I mean, just would draw the picture of, I can only imagine, of course, that song, The Beauty of Seeing. Uh, the hope, the you know, Lord willing, I mean, one day we will see those that have gone before us. A uh, very powerful song. But um, the reason I bring that up is, do you sometimes think when people come to a Mercy Me concert, they're expecting a little bit more that direction? And you do have a lot of songs that are, you know, more power ballad driven or whatever. But there are a lot of rock songs and happy, fun, dancey songs too. Do you think people get surprised by what <laughs> what they're going to get? <laughs> 
I think from time to time that's the case, especially if folks only know of us from I Can Only Imagine or Word of God Speak, something like that, for sure. You know, we've, we've certainly released a, a, some somber songs. You know, we used to make a joke that we were the funeral band after <laughs> I Can Only Imagine came out. <laughs> Everybody would meet and say, oh, we just played that song at so-and-so's funeral. Which was great, you know. That's not a <laughs> that's not a complaint on our part at all. But right. yeah, um, I don't know. I I think that does happen from time to time. I think we've been doing this long enough now that most people know that we're not just. I can only imagine. I don't know. I we we've possibly gone to great lengths to make sure we didn't just try to write imagine over and over. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's not know, easy. I'm sure. That, I mean, no. Yeah, you know, we we always we have always looked at songwriting as we're just going to be honest, and so that that can mean we end up with a song like Imagine, or we end up with Happy Dance, you yes, know, which which is fun to play live. But yeah, we we don't take ourselves seriously enough to try to be cool all the time. So that's yeah. funny. Well, and you, you actually I have two a quick fork in the road. You you brought up two things there. Just when you mentioned Word of God Speak, which. I think Billboard magazines, it was the number one Christian song of the decade. So that's hard to, I mean, uh, obviously it's, it's, it's important, you know, that, but the story behind that, I believe it barely made the record in the first. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, so, right. Cause Bart said something about, I guess I can only imagine had blown up and now he's thinking like, okay, now what do we do? That's part of the, I guess the downside, the pressure of figuring out how do you follow that up or, or even if you want to do all the stuff you said, just be honest and keep moving like nothing else happens. Like, well, you can't help it. This song's blowing up. So <laughs> how did you personally, did you kind of let Bart worry about it or did you did you give him some uh, nudging <laughs> yeah, as to what to do? I patted him on the back and said, good luck, buddy. I'll see you no, later. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we, um, the crazy thing about Imagine is that it came from such a personal and honest place that there was never, I don't want to say never, that's not true. I, I was going to say there was never any pressure to follow it up, but that's not completely true. There was never any pressure for us to be anything other than we were. Okay. That, 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 was, that, that didn't happen, you know, because with a song like Imagine, even when it crossed over into mainstream, we had this kind of weird sort of accountability from everybody on the mainstream side who was saying, please, please, please don't change what you're doing. Hmm. Try to fit in with what we're doing. Because, you know, and their intentions always weren't always the best because, you know, for them, we were this cool new thing. They had a Christian band they could play on mainstream radio. Yeah. You know, so that, would gave, that gave them something to talk about. You know, at the very least, it kept us accountable for them to do that way. But, yeah, we, you know, there was never, never any pressure to be anything other than we were. And so we decided to keep being honest about why we travel, why we play music, why we write about the things we write about, and it all revolves around our relationship with Christ. And so hmm. that's really been the only guidelines we've had for writing, is to be honest about what we're going through. And you know, if we're going to say that our life revolves around Christ, that's going to come out in the way we write. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I guess I remember the thing I had seen with Bart was was the fact that there is a practical side to when you have a song that was as popular as, as Imagine, then... I, you know, but it was, I think in the end he said he even woke up in the middle of the night and wrote down one verse. He'd been struggling, didn't even remember waking up and doing it. And in the right. end, it wound up making the album and just kind of like, just like God to see the song of the decade happen in weakness, just snuck and snuck on there on this, on the spoken for album. So 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's typically the that's typically the way the best songs happen. Is, you know, you're trying to you're not trying to make something happen. You're just trying to be honest, or you write something down and then fall asleep and forget about it and find it later. Yeah. Which is what happened. God's yeah. good that way. God's good that way. Nathan Cocker, right. kind enough to spend some time with us. He's the bass player for Mercy Me. They're in concert Dell Music Center in Philly on August 17th. Just backing up then to the other fork in the road, you mentioned the Happy Dance, and you mentioned I Can Only Imagine and being the funeral band, because um, the video for that <laughs> is really funny for a Happy Dance. I guess you're at a yeah. wedding reception playing the tail end of I Can Only Imagine, and then the things kick, the, the song kicks in. Yes. We, we have been... We have been accused over the years of being a little cringy, I think is the correct word, and the Happy Dance video is a perfect example of that. <laughs> if you ever thought we were cool, just watch that video and you'll realize that we are not, but which, I think, yeah. which is completely the point. We have every, every once in a while somebody will say, man, you know, I just this is kind of embarrassing, and we go, we know. <laughs> we know it's embarrassing. That's why we're doing it. Stop taking yourself so seriously because we're not. <laughs> well, and it's funny for those who haven't seen the video that, you know, you, at the, you just have 15, 20 seconds of the tail end of I Can Only Imagine a bride and groom are dancing. And I'm a DJ. I do weddings for the thir- last 30 years. So yeah. this resonates with me, the idea of of, of uh, even a trick. I've, I've actually done a few weddings where the, the mother's son, they start off with a slow song and then they quick segue to something fun and dancing. They catch everybody off guard, you know. Similarly, helped to not be all weepy, but let's let's have some fun here. My son just got married, right. so um, but it's fun because you see there's a lot of sense of humor in it, not just with the goofy dancing and all that, but like at the beginning, Bart rolls up his sleeves as he looks like he's ready to like get serious about having fun, you know, right. the expressions on his face and and then all the different dance. Do you have a signature dance move? Because you're you know, a number of these videos uh, you've been dancing around a lot. That's that's true. That's true, and I'm, it's making me laugh at myself, which I guess is the point. Um, no, I don't have a signature dance move, although my wife accuses me of when I do dance, I always put my thumbs up. That's funny. And I I don't know why. I don't know why. I think she's right, and I think she is making fun of me. So we're going to have to have a talk later. <laughs> well, I got my thumbs up dancing. Nathan Cochran, bass player for Mercy Me. Let's, uh, going into the break, give you a little snippet. We're going to jump past the I Can Only Imagine part right to the Happy Dance. This is one of the songs you're likely to hear with Mercy Me in concert Saturday the 17th of August at the Dell Music Center. Details at thedellmusiccenter.com. Hey, you in the corner shaking in those boots. You in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Four fifty on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Chatting with Nathan Cochran from Mercy Me. Obviously, you're the, the bass player for Mercy Me and been there for 20-plus years, but uh, I'm pretty sure you, you've been sharing already about your you know what drives you and your walk with the Lord. And you just mentioned your wife, and I think you have uh, a couple kids too. Like, just share for your about your family a little bit, and 
not just balance with work because that's obvious everybody has to do that, but uh, just how how you do keep things in perspective and and honor your you know your wife, your family, and what ways you've devised to be able to do that or, or intentionality or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah, I do. My wife and I have five kids. Five. Um, we Whoa. do. We have five kids. We have five kids because we don't want six. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, my oldest son. William, he's 17 now, which is crazy. Wow. And then Kaylee is 14, Owen is 10, Arabella is 6, and Ashford is 3.5. That's amazing. So we've got, we got a full house with a big spread, yes. which is awesome. Yes. But yeah, it's, um, you know, like you said, you know, doing things between work and having a family, there isn't really a good way to have a balance with that. I just need to make sure my family wins every time. Hmm. That's kind of how I look at it. Um. Yeah, we're well into this season of having teenagers, which a lot of my wife and I kind of look at each other because we don't feel old enough to have teenagers, but we do. Yes. Um, And so we're navigating that and trying to figure out, you know, how to lead them well. I'm realizing that I spend most of my time just trying not to be a hypocrite, you know, not asking my kids to do things that I'm not willing to do or, you know, being a, a good shepherd of my family, leading by example. That is so you know, true. It, it, is it, can be, so... it can be difficult. <laughs> you know? That's right. You but... know, I've, I've told my son a couple times, I said, look, I've never been this age before with a teenager before. So help me help me out in this. You know, it's not like I get to redo this again in another life. This, my, this is my first my first try. So yeah, we're, we're going to do it. But yeah. But it's great. We we love having a big family. My wife and I always talked about having a big family, and uh, it's it's awesome. You know, we we deal with everything that everybody else with a family of house full of kids deals with, and I travel as well. So pray for my wife. Yes. And uh, my for for the most part, my wife homeschools as well. So she's she's a champ. That's that's well. We, my wife and I have five children. We homeschool too. And uh, and what you re- what you just said totally resonates the idea that when the kids are younger, you can kind of you know they probably can't see some of the stuff, and then as the kids got to be teenagers, our oldest is twenty one. You, yeah. you nailed it with trying not to be a hypocrite. I I spend a lot of time double checking. Wait, <laughs> I mean, I still am dad. I'm not going to be perfect. It's not like I'm not going to tell them to do something just because I might be struggling. But yeah. sometimes they ask questions and they're right. I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. When they when they reach an age where they can call you out, then that's you know. Yeah. You just you you just gotta swallow that and say, okay, all right. So I you, taught you well. You're not gonna let me get away with it. <laughs> so your wife does the homeschooling, and is there is it? What does she uh? What does she like? What does she bring to the table for for you know blessing your family and all that? Oh gosh, everything. Hmm. I'll give her credit for just about all of it. You know, she has to be a single mom for half the year while I'm traveling and doing this thing. We, we honestly, we say we get to keep doing this mercy me thing because our wives say it's okay. Hmm. Um, so, so if you're ever, ever wondering why we're still, still doing this, it's because our wives said we could. Yes. <laughs> it Amen. Really comes down to you, but That's a good perspective. Yeah. We, uh, my wife, you know, she takes care of everything and we're trying to finish building a house at the same time as well. She's got a lot on her plate at the moment. And, uh, yeah, she's awesome. She's, She's funny. She keeps me on my toes all the time, so that's fun. And she's actually, I, you know, little tidbit. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, our drummer Robbie is her brother. So we all grew up together in Central Missouri. So no way. Robbie's my, Robbie's my brother-in-law. 
A lot of people don't know that. Oh, wow. That's, That's pretty cool. And Keep it all the family. That's great. And just brag on your kids for a second. Anything in particular that they're into, whether it's sports or music or art or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my oldest son, William, is a fantastic drummer. Um, and he's 17 now. And he and Bart's oldest son, Sam, have actually been collaborating on some stuff. So you oh. might see you might see some of that soon. Okay. We'll they're still figuring all that out. But that's fun. Nice. Uh, my oldest daughter, Kaylee, is quite the artist. And she's always drawing on everything, including herself, which she gets in trouble for. <laughs> drawing all over her hands with Sharpies. Yeah. And, she me. and it looks awesome, but I have to keep telling her, hey, quit drawing on your hand. Um, I, I think Olin. that you're, my children, are, I wonder if they're living in your house. <laughs> I'm saying the same thing. Like, no, Tessa, don't, it's not good for you. Things. Blood poisoning. <laughs> my uh, Owen, my 10-year-old, he's, we call him Mr. Adventure. You know, it's. If I'm not careful, I can't find him. It's because he just climbed a tree. So i got to go find him. Uh, Arabella, our six-year-old, she's a princess. Um, she'll change clothes three or four times a day, which makes a lot of laundry, but it's all right. Yeah. We'll get over it. <laughs> and then uh, Ashford, he's everybody's hes everybody's buddy, you know, our three-year-old. Everybody wants to love him, so he's, he's spoiled rotten is what it comes down to. He's got older siblings that... Love to make him feel like he's the center of the universe. Oh, of course, of course. Where did you fall in the birth order? Are you the Are you the baby in your family? I'm not. I'm the oldest in my family. I have one younger sister. Okay, all right. Yeah, I can see. I'm the baby in ours, and my wife's the baby in hers. And sometimes we we realize we want people to take care of us, even though we're the parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, who's going to take care of me today? Oh, like you, you mean life's not always going to be this I, way? Yeah, I was hoping yeah. so. <laughs> That's funny. Last thing to uh, uh, just to run by it to ask you how people can pray for you. You mentioned about for your wife, um, obviously, as you're on the road a lot. But is there anything else you could think of that people can pray for you about, or the band, or? Man, you know, if if you're praying for our families, that's really what we need. You know, other than that, just uh, health and well-being for all of us and our crew on the road, and uh, our crew's families as well. A lot of people don't think about that, but our crew guys they have wives and families of their own. It's a uh, sacrifice just as much as everybody else so yeah that'd be great very good nathan cochran kind enough to take time with us today he's the bass player for mercy me and we're again looking forward to having him in concert the 17th of august at the dell music center in philly and maybe a little birdie will bring you a six-pack of mountain dew because i heard a rumor you enjoy mountain dew is that still true oh boy i'll, I'll take it <laughs> Do you know the artist kj52 have you ever met him i once or twice he has a song called gimme dat in parentheses mountain dew he, that's his like. That's his, so. If you ever do a show with the night guys, you, you can sit over a Mountain Dew together. That's right. I can't food. have. I can't have the diet stuff. If you're oh. gonna do it. I got. I got to do the real stuff. Fully leaded. All right. That's good to know. That's right. <laughs> Nathan, thank you so much for taking time. It's a real privilege to talk to you, and uh, glad to be able to help promote the concert, but also the gospel. Really, with all the different things you're sharing about, is is really helpful. Good stuff. Awesome. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your day. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Nathan Cochran, bass player for Mercy Me, again, along with 10th Avenue North and Jordan Police. They'll be at the Dell Music Center on Saturday, August 17th, 2400 Strawberry Mansion Drive in Philly. If you want more info, simply thedellmusiccenter.com. Cool to have Nathan on the program today. And if you want to win tickets, we'll be doing that uh, over and over between now and then. So text 610-500-DOVE. We'll start drawing winners for that in the next day or two. 610 53683 with the letters MM. Jim Maxim, Acts 413 Ministries, leads in prayer next. 
Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.